how people can can fight back. But I think the fundamental promise has been broken. Like every other institution in America, whether it's the yeah. church, whether it's politics, there was a social contract we have together that you were going to make some profits, but you were going to deliver a product. Service was included and it was going to be good and you were going to employ people. That was an implicit thing. And if you were going to get savings, yes, take some of it from profit, but pass some of it on to me. But now we've broken that yeah. and now it's this one-way street where people don't feel as loyal anymore to, to the brands they do business with ever have an urge to write a scathing review on a company who's provided you horrible customer service author and customer service consultant amas tanuma joins the podcast to discuss how companies not meeting customer expectations is now the new pandemic in the business world. And we also cover what you can do as a business owner or as a consumer to help fix this. So let's do it. Too many days in the darkness without a glimpse of the light. Running tired and broken and scared, but I swear I'll never give up and fight. I see you broken and beat, head pulled down over your eyes. Every part of you wants to surrender, darling. You were meant to survive. Amas, thanks for coming on the podcast today, man. Hey, good to see you. Um, this is a treat. I'm so glad you have me on. No, no, it's uh, it's awesome. I'm excited to talk about the topic we are today because you do something, you solve a problem that I feel like is an open secret in society right now that everyone kind of knows about. We used to complain about right after COVID, especially like openly and out loud. But now we've kind of, I feel like, unfortunately, accepted the problem. And you're here trying to solve that problem you're the only one i feel like saying no, no 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 this isn't the new standard this isn't the new standard and um for the listeners who don't know um or who haven't heard of your your work yet um can you kind of introduce really what uh what it is that you do and try to tackle yeah you know i've spent the last 20 plus years helping companies your favorite brands fix customer service customer support and their overall customer experience um, I do keynotes. I've written four books. My latest book, um, Waiting for, for Service, uh, I had an interesting conversation on NPR and on Fox Business. So it's a topic that's been near and dear to my heart uh, by, by trade. I'm an engineer. Uh, I've also worked in customer service and all parts of it. So my whole life's work has been about how do we help companies do better by their customers Right. And then yeah. lately I've started helping consumers to teach them, you know, what goes on behind the scenes in customer service. So that if I can help the companies and I can help the, the public, maybe we can figure out this customer service thing. Cause I've been, I've been at it for over 20 years. The topic to get more specifically, the customer service aspect, I'm sure has just, um, went on fire. That whole topic has become on fire in the last couple of years, just due to the, COVID dip and then people getting out of COVID with the thought of, okay, I can finally go back to the stores. I can finally do this, do that. And I feel like companies, just in my view, I want to get your thoughts on really what the problem is now. 
that companies saw, okay, we don't have to provide this customer service during COVID. And then when we got out of COVID, I kind of felt like they still tried to hold on to um, a little bit of those, uh, a little bit of those costs from improving their customer service, let alone people obviously too, you know, struggling with providing good customer service and customers also coming in and uh, giving a little bit of a harder time to customer service workers. But from your inside scoop, really, what are you, what are you seeing as kind of the root problem right now with customer service and with, with companies and consumers? So Daniel, this started way before COVID, right? So way before COVID, organizations were going down the road of we don't want to pay human beings to deal with you, right? This is why you had the touch screens, the press one, press two. That was happening way before COVID. COVID happened. And it was, even if we wanted to give you a human, we couldn't, legitimate reasons. So we're going to throw more and more technology, right? You don't get a menu anymore. You're going to scan your uh, your your camera. Yeah. There is no one. Uh, we have short staff due to COVID. And then companies wrongly thought that we as consumers will accept this forever. So during COVID, the whole, we all going through this together, we had a lot of grace for that then. Now that we are now in this stage um, of our journey where companies are telling people to come back to work, there's this dissonance between how are you telling me to come back to the office, yet there's no one answering the, the phones, there's no one providing service. And this is where this conflict is that organizations wrongfully thought that we will continue to forgive and tolerate this then forever. And uh, most of us are saying no. And then you compound the fact that the epidemic also made us crankier to use, <laughs> to use the <laughs> nicest word I could yeah. use. And people are fiery. Forget that whole grace and forgiveness. <laughs> We're now in this place where we are screaming mad. But I just want to point out it started before COVID. Companies made the wrong calculation that we will continue to tolerate it. And now we, the consumers, are saying, no, 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 no. I am paying full price. In fact, there's inflation. I'm paying more for this. Included in those prices, there will be somebody there at the checkout counter. There will be someone yeah. who answer the phone. And um, they somehow think they can continue to get away with it. Well, that's also too. I think now that you bring that up, the the famous phrase: "This we're embracing the new normal." There was so much hidden agenda, I guess, behind the new normal on that because I it was that attempting to have companies have consumers embrace these new standards. And I like how you mentioned the the checkout counter because when I had first moved down to Florida, it was during COVID. Um, I walked in the CVS. And I would just wait there. No one's at the checkout counter. I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And then eventually, like, the stock person from the back sees me waiting. I'm like, hey, is somebody here to check me out? And they're like, no, um, it's all self-checkout. And there's zero people actually working the the cash registers. Even if there's workers available to work them, the line is only for the self-checkout. And they almost, like, put up guards against the um the cashiers and it's not the on-site employees fault you know right. it's the it's the management which I, I you know we we all do i think know that but our frustrations i feel like will overtake ourselves at the time because we just have to let it out and there's been times i mean i'm i'm guilty of it myself where it, you, you know you you end up saying to the worker like you know is this the new policy you know because if if I'm checking out, there's been times where I'm checking out maybe a pack of beer 
And I know it's going to ask, you know, for an ID. Yeah, yeah. it's going to ask for ID. The thing's going to go off. And I'm going to have to wait now for somebody in the back to, to look and see this light, come over, check my ID. And it's just, it's not, you know, I'm, I'm paying for this, this product that used to include the person working it. You know what I'm saying? So that, yeah. um, it kind of, that example really lays it out, uh, Deal. There's a social contract we have with companies. It's unspoken. Sometimes it's written, right? So I go to, let's let's say that Walgreens. If you go read Walgreens' brand promise, right? It basically says we will help you lead better lives and all this flowery stuff. That's what got me in the store. But behind the scenes, I'll tell you like a, a real story. It's, it's, it's not Walgreens, but I, it's one of your favorite brands. And they, they, they brought me in and they said, hey, look, listen, we're spending too much money on customer service and cashiers and all of this. And I, I'm a customer of their brand. I'm going, that's not the impression I'm getting. I think I'm not spending enough. And so that's exactly they, bring the, it. <laughs> they bring the economics and they go, well, listen, why you're here is we think that there is an opportunity to cut cost on customer support. And I cannot believe my ears because I am a customer of this deal. I'm, I'm sharing this with your audience so that you kind of get the way companies think about customer support. I already have your money. So I've already taken your yeah. dollars. From here on out, anything else I give you is just eating into my profit. You may not like me saying this, but this is the reality. And so as we went down in that journey, so I said, okay, fine, I'll bite. How can we sort of do this? And when we got in there, we got into the self-checkout part of the experience. And what we do is we do a customer journey map. So I go in, I want the executives to see from the customer's point of view, what this experience would look like. And we get to the self-checkout and we are just showing how painful it is. And then they're like, well, you know, how many people will stop coming here because of this? That's, That's exactly it. Yep. That's the question I got. I even got and showed them data about theft. Right about people will you know self checkout is the most notorious things for stealing, and they still didn't back down because they did this math that says, hey, look, if we do a if five percent of people steal, if we lose a five percent shrinkage, what's that number? That number is still lower than hiring three more cashiers in here, oh, and this man. is not this is now where. What I tell people is you are not fighting against this. You're fighting against fundamentally my profession has done a bad job of telling CEOs the customer support, customer yeah. service is not this nice to have. Uh, we do say it's cheaper to keep a customer than to get a new one. But clearly, no one believes that. You know how I know that, Daniel? My counterparts in marketing, I do some marketing work as well. You know the slogan, the famous slogan in marketing? It says, 50% uh, of the dollars I spend on marketing is wasted, but I don't know which 50%. Yeah. But, yet, <laughs> but yet, there is no CEO who is cutting their marketing budget. They know they're wasting half of it. But when they need savings, they go to customer support. It's mm. not the ads that are going to get cut. This is the area yeah. and we know it and we have the data that customer support is the thing that keeps people loyal, but we have not, we've not convinced, I'm, I'm afraid to say, I have not, me and people of my ilk have not convinced the CEO yet that this thing is nothing more than an inconvenience. And that's the math they keep making and saying, yeah, Daniel's going to be in there and he might wait a little while, 
but will he really stop coming to Walgreens over this? Ah, uh, you know, we'll throw some coupons at him. Yeah. It's, it's, it's such, I mean, that, that way of thinking from a CEO standpoint, I think is just, it's, it's awful. I think it's even un-American because you're not thinking in their uh, mindset, you know, and it's not, you know, sometimes consumers do have unreasonable expectations, but that is a reasonable expectation. But from the consumer's mindset too, they're also thinking about the dollar themselves because I go in the McDonald's, right? Okay, you've eliminated cashiers and now I'm ordering from the touchpad, right? So in my mind, you've eliminated a $15 an hour job probably three three ways. And now they're even implementing more ways to make sandwiches by themselves. Okay, great. So that means the food's going to go down in cost, right? And then it it doesn't. It no, actually starts no. to increase. And now I'm going, wait a second. You're you're cutting off like like the cashiers and the people that I need help to order and the food's going up. Like I'm losing twice now. Cause I could, I could understand if there is, was a, uh, uh, a cost cutting measure that also helped me. But like when it all is just going to the company in every single way, um, it's just, it's such an awful model of approach. And, and I'm a very reasonable person where I'm not, I'm not like too pro consumer. I've worked for a company that, has done, you know, very customer service heavy and very, oh, well, the famous line of all from looking at the budget or are we budgeted for that? You know, and I've, I've seen that end. So I have a very, very even keel with this. And there are some things that are just really unreasonable. And I think now what's really bad is that the consumer and the companies are both focused now on the unreasonable on this, which is driving people insane. You, you're, you're, you're spot on. So what really ha- what's really happening now is, you know, someone asked me to kind of, when I was preparing for this, I was sort of thinking, how do I frame this? I think it's like, you can think about a married couple where yeah. you have a fight over the dishes if you've been in a relationship with your girlfriend and you have like a two hour long fight over someone left a dish on the counter. Well, the fight is not about the dishes. No. Right? <laughs> You think you're having this fight. The reason we are all this agitated, it's not about the thin. It's not about this thin. It's this buildup of, I can't call you anymore. Yep. You've put all of this. The prices are going up. You've eliminated these jobs. Oh, by the way, I live in this community. So I'm not some stranger. I know that my cousin used to work at this cashier. My, I know very well yeah, that my... Yeah. I have a, I have a, a 18 year old, a freshman in college now. I know how difficult it was. He happens to be looking for a job at that age where we all found our first jobs during COVID. So in like 2020, he was a junior, what have you. And so I know that experience that he couldn't yeah. find. It was tough for him to find that deal. So I boil all of that up. Yes, damn right. I am. I am so angry <laughs> over this one last thing, but we're not fighting over that 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 one thing. And I want to just go back again for people to kind of get this full picture that the other thing that tends to get missed in all of this beyond the economic part is the the reason for customer dissatisfaction is also because there's two parts to it. There is your expectations. Yeah. And then there's what they deliver. On the expectation side, the commercials, the promises are getting loftier and loftier. And oh, loftier. they're insane. They're insane. Every <laughs> time I watch an ad, 
I go, what do they sell? Are they selling sneakers? They're promising me I'm going to be floating on cloud nine and my life is going to be beautiful. And all. They, they keep promising more and more and more, setting up their service employee. Like there's yeah. that perfect picture of that burger. And yep. then I show up and I get the thing. It looks like it's been sat on. So the promises are getting more. It might have been. <laughs> <laughs> right? But then the thing you're delivering is getting less. So it's not like they're coming out and saying, hey, you know what, temper your expectations. No, the marketing yeah. departments are, are setting us all up. And then that poor service employee, I'm here to get the thing I saw in the ad. And I get here and it is like the friggin' opposite. That's part of what is also setting us up for this disappointment we get over and over again. Yeah, it, it is. And I'm glad you made that point because I used to work at a, a property management company that was, you know, in one of the top three property management companies in the, the country when it comes to providing, quote unquote, like a five star service to it, luxury rental communities, you know, where these are, you know, high rises, you know, 50 plus floors, pool, gym. So these websites look like Ritz Carlton, like world style resorts, and they're purposely making them that. And Mike, a former company, the, the term that they used over and over and over again was sanctuary. This is your sanctuary where you're living. That was their brand standard term to always use. So when we're putting that on the website, you know, people, that's the expectation. When people are walking in, they are expecting a five-star experience. And the thing is, they're, to walk you through from that customer, customer service um, perspective, they walk right. in, the very first person they see at the front desk, a lot of the times, they third-party the concierge. So it's cool. not their own people. It's third-party through union unions, which are... Which I mean, they're really they're really good guys and 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 whatnot and nice guys, but they're not that New York City doorman that's been doing being a, a doorman or a bellman for twenty five years, and that is their profession. They take pride in it. They're opening the doors with white gloves type of service, you know. And then they get escorted up to us, and you know, if they end up moving in, the chances are that somebody on their floor is going to. If there's 10 apartments on that floor, one or two people there are going to be smoking pot, which the, the, <laughs> which the pot smell carries. One right. person there on that floor is going to have a pit bull that's listed as an emotional support animal. So although <laughs> although animals are not allowed, they get on this elevator, they, sm they smell pot their first day, and they see a pit bull, and they go, wait a second, smoking's not allowed, it's in the lease, and, and animals are not allowed, and actually the pit bull is on the restricted breeds, and, and now all of a sudden they're looking at us going, why aren't you enforcing this, and you know, we do do our best under the legal circumstances, but that expectation it has already failed us before they even start. And it's almost us setting ourselves up for failure, which is really sad. But at the end of the day, the people posting this stuff on the website, they're not the ones um, feeling the consequences and dealing with it. You know, it's just it's like you said, the numbers are going to as long, once it hits the reviews, it's different. Exactly. I mean, it, it's, it reminds me of back in 2009, I was running a global service organization when we sold flowers. So it was Valentine's Day. And on this Valentine's Day, there was a storm, what have you. I had 100,000 disappointed customers. 
So my name is on the emails that tells <laughs> people that their thing is canceled. I mean, I got death threats to my deal. Like my wife is leaving me now um, because of you. And I'm yeah. thinking, I don't think that's what it is. I don't think it was this flower. Yeah. It was the whole secretary. <laughs> thing. But anyway, uh, my wife is leaving me because of you. But <clears throat> while that was going on, my colleagues in marketing had posted a beautiful thing. It's not too late to order more flowers. You you don't know oh, how. Oh no! You don't know how. You don't know how. I am on the phone screaming at this woman. She was a colleague uh, of mine, just because I'm going. What What are you doing to me here? Like, and of course, as you go see the comments, which my team had to respond to. So, so you're right. It's this whole push and pull between what the expectations are, what the reality is. But, but Daniel, I want to, I want to go a little bit and talk about positives here because I think it's important. Yeah. I think we were talking about this brand promise. Let me highlight, I, I don't have any affiliation with them, never done anything with them, but let's start Costco. I think Costco is an example, whatever you might think about Costco, Costco fulfills its brand promise. I would right? say, yeah, before you were going to say, I was going to say, I, I have had good experiences with, um, with Costco consistently. Exactly. They promise very little. But you know what? They've done studies looking at their prices and adjusted for inflation. And it tracks below inflation consistently. Till this day, the dollar hot dog and, and soda and whatever is still there. And they fight for you, the customer. They squeeze their suppliers' heads to make sure they deliver that brand promise for you. So if Costco eliminates some checkout lines and give me some self-checkout line, you know what? Consumers are sophisticated. I go, you know what? This hot dog has been a dollar, whatever, a dollar 50 since I was 10 years old. That was, yeah. you know, 30 something years ago. You know what? I'm fine. I will take this. It's the everyone else, most companies where you just take advantage of this thing, but instead you raise prices. So I think when it comes to customer service, I know we're going to get to how people can, can fight back. But I think the fundamental promise has been broken. Like every other institution in America, whether it's the yeah. church, whether it's politics, there was a social contract we had together that you were going to make some profits, but you were going to deliver a product. Service was included and it was going to be good and you were going to employ people. That was an implicit thing. And if you were going to get savings, yes, take some of it from profit, but pass some of it on to me. But now we've broken that yeah. and now it's this one-way street where people don't feel as loyal anymore to, to the brands they do business with yeah a little little tug of war action especially and i and i and i feel like companies too to to it for them to walk away as a success it sh they should not be i mean at the very minimum they should not really have any full impact on their customers daily life went during that day. You know, they they should almost be like the referees, like a good referee in a basketball game or a football game is one you don't even know is there. They're just there doing their job and it's there's no ref you suck oh the rush th those refs cost us a game. You know, just like customer service eventually you're going to have some customers that do like regardless of what it is, they're going to they're going to be belligerent just like you do have the belligerent fans that will say whatever, but at the end of the day you know, you walk out of a basketball game not knowing the refs are there. They, they've they done their job. And companies really, you know, when somebody goes to the store and leaves and that that company's not even on their mind, that is a good job. You know, and that's, you know, that's being the minimum. 
You're right. You, you, you should, you, we should switch uh, seats. Like the book I wrote before, we're waiting for service. <laughs> You know what it was called? No one wants customer service. And what I say is exactly what you said. I said, the best customer service you ever had, you wish it didn't happen. Yeah. And and so like, you, you really you really don't. So it's like, and if it does happen, you want it to your point to just be so inconsequential. It shouldn't be this whole thing. I should not, I work in this profession and I should not, if everything comes down to it and I have to dial a 1-800 number, the first thing I look around for is, are there any small children around? Yeah. Because <laughs> I know there's going to be profanity coming out of my mouth yep. because I already know. As soon as I dial 1-800, I'm going to be talking to this machine. And you're yelling, representative, representative. <laughs> exactly. And I'm going to, do you not effing hear me? And yeah, yeah, it yeah. shouldn't be that way. It should just be this, this passive thing. So I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. No, and I, um, it, it is. I mean, it is freaking tough. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. Um, and I get it from the company standpoint too. There, it's. It's the consumers are giving companies ammo at this point to be like, this is why we put in these steps. Because I mean, at my, at my um job, like where I was working, we were actually asking for us to never have face to face interactions with with our customers again because things got physical at points, oh, you yeah. know? And so then you're giving, so we're, we're going even deeper down this road in a bad way because now companies are going, wait a second, we need to work. We need to think of customer um, employee safety at this point. And that's why, and those are legitimate concerns now. So it's almost like, you know, one side to end, to end this rivalry, one side is just going to have to be like, you know what, we're, we're here we're going to fix this. We're going to go back a little bit normal, but we do need your cooperation. And here is what we are going to do. And now this is the expectation from you. And um, I, I don't, I, I can't really name a company that has done anything publicly like that just yet, but I mean, hopefully somebody does take the lead. And I, I would like to know from your perspective, um, what are you typically seeing when you're in these meetings with companies where it's like, all right, obviously huge problem, you know, customer service, huge problem. You guys called me. So it's, you know, it's kind of like the doctor's office, you know, you don't just go to the doctor's <laughs> office just to say hi. Um, so yeah. we got a problem here. Um, what typically are some responses that you're, you're seeing from companies in terms of implementing a fix? Look, I, I want to give people hope and I'm going to highlight some, some brands here. I think there are companies who get get this. Uh, Zappos gets it. Um, Discover gets it. And by the way, uh, as I said in my intro, I'm a technologist. Uh, uh, you know, I, that's where I started. I'm an engineer, so I don't hate technology. So when I say they throw technology, it's bad technology we hate. Yeah. And so what we what the best companies try to do, let's take Discover, for example. What they try to do is being be very thoughtful about where to apply human, where to apply technology. So Discover has a fantastic app. So if you think about you and me, if you needed $20 right now to pay someone, you, you may even drive to the bank or go to the bank and you will walk by all the tellers and go to an ATM and get $20 because it's just a simpler process. That is technology. You love that. That's easier than talking to the devil or what have you. But on the other hand, you want to make a deposit of a cashier's check, you're not messing with the ATM. The ATM claims it can do that, but you're not doing that there. So, you know, 
those companies were interested in it do technology where it makes the most sense. Things like I want to check my balance, what have you. But you know what else Discover does? Discover says, when you call me, you're going to talk to a human, United States based. I have nothing against, I've traveled all around the it's world. Very now. important, yeah. They've said, my customers have made it clear to me, I want an American because not because of anything, not xenophobia, but because we can connect and we have idioms. We can talk about the shows we watched last week and all of those things. And so for their customers, when you call, there's no all this one, two, three talking to a robot. They just get your deals. This is one of the largest companies on earth. So yeah. I think there are companies that are going to get it. And I, I'm going to make a prediction on your show here. <laughs> I love going, it. We are going to have a revolt. You're going to start seeing companies start doing the counterculture, start saying, come to our place and we actually want to talk to you. We want mm. to build an emotional connection to you because the danger in turning everything into this whole sterile thing is I have no emotional connection to the kiosk. You know, I guess yeah, you could true. have had you could have had a bot ask me these questions, but I'm not going to like this bot. You and I now have a relationship, right? Because I'm looking at you and I feel like you and I, if I, if I if I flew down there, could have a beer together. And you know what now? I am now a loyal person to you. If you take that out, if you take the customer service, the human to human thing out, you miss. So my advice to companies has always been, think about the technology as an assistant to your employees, not mm. a replacement for your employees. So no one wants to flip burgers. Like if you can take all the stuff the employees don't want to do anyway, have machine a system, but by gosh, don't let me place an order with a bot in the drive-thru. Have that guy ask me how my day went. How, what about that game? We live in the same damn community for Christ's yeah, sake. Yeah, so yeah. I'm missing out on an opportunity for me and Joe at the drive-thru from different races, different socioeconomic backgrounds. And we are bonding. But you know what? I want to come back through here so I can talk to I'm not coming back here to listen to another robot. Yeah. You can use all the technology you want to you know assist the human because the people companies have failed the most believe it or not is not just us the consumers they have failed their employees if you think yeah. you dislike that company go to glassdoor and look at what their service people are saying look at what the cashiers are saying they're saying the same things you are and even worse they yep. usually dislike that company more that's why their turnover is so high they can't keep anyone because the companies don't get it. But I think a revolution's coming because everyone instinctively kind of gets that this isn't working. I, I can't I can't keep doing this anymore. No, yeah, I, I like the glass door approach that you said because that's what uh that's what I did um a few times. And it it does, I mean, at the minimum, it catches the attention of of people because the I'd say the elders in the company, not meeting age, but the higher ups, they pay yeah. attention to that online branding. And to go back to your point too of when people when they like talking to discover saying you know they they want to prefer um an american that they're speaking to there is a there is a valid point behind that because most of the time they're going to the companies are going to put their te um tele customer service agents out in india and yeah call centers and all yeah, that stuff and, and especially with with banking for example like 
India primarily uses the State Bank of India. People primarily use that bank. So if it's if the bank is state ran, you know what I'm saying? Like people don't have an option over there to like, oh well, I'll just go to your competitor. You know what I'm saying? So right. those 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 customer service agents aren't gonna be used to somebody saying on the other line, well, yeah, well, screw you, discover. I'll just go to, you know, another company. They're gonna be like, Okay, then go. <laughs> you know, I mean, not that they were they're trained, they're trained not to say it, obviously, but they're they're not gonna have that same understanding. Um yes. be, because of that that culture, because they it's just it is just differently um and that's a a good point i'm surprised discover uh I'm, I'm glad to hear that because it is refreshing to hear a company say that they a are listening to their customers and they do want to keep things demographically based with their demographics because i mean you're you're matching up your customers with your employees and that, that's just you're you're aligning yourself up for successes as best as you can there's an incentive there though listen visa mastercard probably think what what else are you going to do Discover probably feels like they're an underdog. And by the way, they're growing like crazy. This strategy is working for them. Good. They think, hey, look, you guys are taking these customers for granted. You feel like you can do whatever you want. We are, they're not an underdog, they're multi-billionaire. But you got my point. They're saying, hey, we see an opportunity here to build strong ties with this customer. I, by the way, happen to be a Discover customer. I haven't done any business with them in that, that, that. But I watch them and I see what they're doing. And you know what? It's working for me because I trust them. I, I I listen and I pay attention and I trust them. And you know what? I'll do more. I'll do more business with them because of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's it comes it comes full circle. It really uh, it really does. And to I want to make sure we get your thoughts on the most important thing I think out of this conversation because um, I doubt a lot of CEOs are going to be listening to this, even though they freaking should, they freaking they should. should. Um, should. It's probably going to be mainly consumers. Um, what advice really would you give to a consumer that is just fed up with a certain store, a certain brand? What advice would you give them in to do full swing? A uh, great question. I think first step, uh, take it easy on the service employees. Um, and I know that person is also catching an attitude. I I'm telling you, it's because he or she, you are the 10th person to tell them how stupid this thing is. And they agree with you. But now you they are the face of this thing. So give them a little bit of grace. But putting that aside, avoid technology for anything complicated. And here's what I mean by that. The reason why every single company, at times even your local company has this press one, press two, da, 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 is because we've all kind of given up on the fight and we've just said, F it, we're going to use it. But I assure you, someone does this for a living, the more of us opt out of it, that's a feedback loop that forces the organization, whether it's that kiosk, if it sucks, Avoid it, go somewhere else, ask for a human until they give you something. If it does not meet the standard of an ATM, I go and I take 20. If it's not that easy, ditch it because let me tell you what happens. They always show me data. When I go to the company and I go, this thing sucks. They tell me 8 million people used it last year. Hmm. Well, and, and so that reinforces this. But if no one's ah, using it, yeah. for it they will, they'll, they'll do something different. Number two, skip the frontline person. When you have an issue like that, go all the way to the top. 
Um, there are there are websites that make it easy for you to find the email of all the executives, the CEOs. And I know this seems like a deal, but we all need to do our part. This is how this is an epidemic. And if you're struggling writing it, find one of the generative AI bots to actually write the email for you. Just tell them, write me an email to whatever, or just write an email to the CEO and the executives, the whole thing, send one email, what have you. That guy, that lady, uh, when they get thousands of this, by the way, when you do this, almost guaranteed you're going to get what you want within reason, because they're going to forward the email and say, make this guy go away because they know you're going to keep emailing yeah. You're not going to get a reply from them. You get a reply from one of their deputies, but you'll get things done. And then utilize social media, but don't use social media the way you're using it today. Don't just go on there, open your deal yep. to your hundred followers or that. No, tag the company, tag the CEO, tag all of them and make your complaint and your voices heard loud and clear. And I know I'm going to lose everyone under 40 on this thing, but snail mail actually works. Letters. <laughs> Like if it gets that serious, write an actual letter, type it up, put it in the envelope. I know, but you're going against the grain and you're yeah. going to get um, attention. So those are some things I, I want you to then keep in mind. And then while you are in that store, again, don't berate, bring the front person, the, the frontline person on your side and ask as senior as you can go. And if they say that person's in corporate headquarters, get their name and walk out of there. Don't be dead. And then go home. I know this sounds like homework, but if enough of us do, do this, it. they do react to economic pressure. And last but not least, please vote with your wallet. Because at the end of the day, do you know why the cable company and all of them and your internet company keeps doing what they're doing? What else are you going to do? Right? If we start showing that we're willing to switch if Walgreens believed, you know what, you're going to go support the local pharmacy. If they really believed you on that, they will change. So always vote with your feet as much as you can, because I'm sick of seeing the restaurant that everyone hates, the store that everyone hates. I see long lines in front of them. And I see the, the, the shop that everyone gives five stars and says, it's great. There's no one there. And it sort of goes, do we really want good service? Do we really reward and penalize? I'm not trying to blame us consumers here, but we bear some responsibility in making sure we use our power. We're not powerless in this. We have our wallets yep. and we have our, our voice. And even, uh, I, I love I love those uh, those suggestions, by the way. They're really, really good. Very truthful too. And I think even too, like if you have a bad experience at Walgreens and you end up going to a CVS or a local pharmacy, you can... You know, take a picture of your receipt or something and then tag uh, tag Walgreens or CVS and be like, hey, you know, you missed a customer, which sounds. And the the one thing, too, that I I do want to, like, kind of put a cap on is the is the 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 term to describe people who stick up for themselves as Karens, because there was a need for it. There really was a need for it. And there still is a need for it if, if things are unreasonable. But, you know, I I see so many times, too. Um, oh, like, oh, is a, here's a Karen coming, um, calling the manager. It's like, well, they're charging Karen $10 for something she didn't pay for. You know, like that's, that's not cool. What do you, what like, you're the loser for paying for something you didn't buy, you know, and you're making fun of Karen. Um, I'm so glad you brought that up because the only, the, the, the only bad Karens are the one beating up on the guy or gal who's making yeah. 12 bucks an hour. Those are the only ones I have no, no patience for. But the you call them whatever you want, 
who is actually like, I'm going to escalate this thing. Bring me someone who is in charge. They're doing you and me a favor, yeah. right? They're doing you and me a favor because someone's got to tell someone high enough. You just taking it and going home because you want to be a nice guy or nice gal. You're not changing the system. As long as you don't berate that poor person yep. who literally has no control, no anything. No say, yeah. And you go up. The, the, we need more Karens like that because I am telling you, if, if, if the thing that always surprises people that I say when I, when I, when I talk about this is, I basically say consumers are full of shit, if you will. Yeah. What I mean by that is we complain, we complain, then we go back. We complain. It's like an abusive yeah. relationship. Like we complain, we complain, we go to the same brands. Yep. Because I promise you, the day some of these brands start to see a decline in their deal, right? They will change. And they have. Look at your governmental services. Yeah. I'm not going to put them as a as a as a king of this, but you're even seeing them starting to react to this because when COVID happened, people couldn't get their benefits, people didn't get that. There was pressure on them and they've started to make small incremental changes. And yes, we need more thoughtful Karens who direct their fire yeah. to the man upstairs not uh, not kick kicking someone who's already um who's already down. Yeah and and one thing too like the 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 podcast is called No Politics. And with, with with that, though, being said, this is a perfect example of everyone screams about politics, politics, politics. I hate these politicians or blah, 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 blah. You continue to vote, 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 <laughs> vote, 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 vote. And for the same two parties. <laughs> yeah, for the, for the same two parties. And it's like, you know, there, there might not be another party or there, but like not voting, guess what? I'm not giving them my like i'm not taking the the lesser of two evils how people say now don't give anyone evil don't don't give them just stay home and guess what when when um like a hundred thousand people vote out of like 380 million people that are eligible guess what there might be a there might be a change people might go oh wait a second we have to do a whole new voting now because no one no one shares this like it's it it's a I, you know, I, I would, yeah. that would be my dream for that to happen where people get to come together and go, you know what, this is not, this is not a, you're like, however we are, none of you are doing what, what you've promised people, just like companies promise consumers. So we're done. And people do need to start sticking up for themselves and stop like walking away with their tail into their legs. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. I want to, I want to say the first ever recorded complaint that we know of <clears throat> was in 1750 BC. It was carved on a rock. And it was this customer who was complaining about the quality of copper he got. It's, 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 1750 before Christ. That was the first customer service complaint written. He wrote like 400 words on this rock. <laughs> 400 words. That is a lot in uh, was, in in rock writing. <laughs> he was not happy because the quality of copper he thought he was getting wasn't it. I, I bring that up. That was 2,000 years before Jesus Christ. And we're now in 2023. And I think that hasn't changed uh, that for time immemorial, Companies promise something and something else gets delivered. And for time immemorial, we as consumers have always gone back and said, hey, this is not what we want, and then demanded change. 
I think now is no different. We have better tools. You have better uh, ammunition. You can reach anyone now. Before the CEO used to be, you can contact anyone at any point. And all I am simply saying is it's a data game in these rooms. And if more and more data, if I'm a CEO of insert company here, and all of a sudden every week I'm getting 400 deal, you know what? I'm firing some people. You know yeah. what? Changes are coming because I'm feeling it. But there could be tens of millions of you yelling at my frontline stop. It doesn't affect me at all. They're just yeah. the number on the deal. And when I start doing that, you're going to start seeing change. We are not powerless in this, right? We have a voice. We have who's paying all of this? It's your wallet. It's your money that you get to spend. Yeah. It's your voice. And I think we can we can demand change. And I I think you look at the surveys. There's a rage survey now, Daniel, that they do. Uh, that talks about the the rage is getting it's getting to a boiling point that yeah. I think um, eventually change will come. Yeah, it's, I mean, we we can only hope and uh, you know if, uh, appreciate the work that you you do, Amos, because it uh, it it goes a long way and you're fighting for you know fair fairness. You know, I mean, you're working for companies and for the consumer just to have a go back to a normal system, you know, of, of like respect and, and high quality and, and matching expectations. So appreciate you coming on Amaz. I have some, um, some, uh, information at the bottom of the screen here. If you guys are watching on YouTube where you can find Amaz and his work and his books, uh, where, um, where, if somebody from a company, like a CEO is watching this going, Oh man, I need to have this guy. I need to talk to him to get my, my customer service fixed. Where can, where can they find you? And also when can we expect your next book? Yeah. So I am on uh, LinkedIn. Uh, my son says I'm on the on cool social media. Uh, my, my ad is at Amos Tanuma on all social platform, Instagram, what have you, but I primarily hang out around, around LinkedIn. Uh, I'm working on uh, my next book. It's going to come out this this fall. I'm I'm pretty excited, and I'm really pivoting to talking to consumers now. Um, Good, I, yeah. I feel like on the corporate side, I've given it. My blueprint is out there. People know my philosophies, and I work with lots of companies there. But uh, I'm I'm looking forward to connecting more. That's why I'm so glad I'm on your show because I I feel like if I share with people what goes on behind the scenes, it helps them in it, being able to articulate um, what changes they're, they're demanding. So please, I am so thankful to have you on. And uh, for all your listeners, I'm around. I'm on Twitter. I am on LinkedIn, Instagram. LinkedIn is generally where I hang out, but uh, contact me on all social platforms. All right. Well, sounds good, Amos. Um, appreciate everything you do. And uh, hopefully we link up down the road when uh, this, uh, this all gets fixed. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Daniel. This has been awesome. Yes, sir.